are welcome to the Rohi Word. You are about to be transformed by the power of God's Word through his servant, Pastor Emmanuel Meffel. Pastor Meffel is a teaching evangelist who preaches God's Word passionately with signs and wonders following. He serves as the founder and lead pastor of the Rohi Church, a Christ-centered, family-focused, and discipleship-driven ministry. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, let us hear the Word of God. Amen. Luke chapter 15. I want to just give you four questions. If I'm able to, I'll do four. If I can't, I'll do two. But I just want to talk to you about four questions. Four questions. Four questions. I don't know how to title the message, but um, we are in the go for one season. So, you can call it go for one. Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Luke chapter 15, verse 1, I'm reading till 7. The Bible says, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. All the tax collectors and the sinners, all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. Jesus Christ was a holy man, the son of God, the one that was introduced that this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved son, hear ye him. The one, that, the one that heaven opened when he was baptized. The Bible says all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. Number two. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. This man, they were complaining. Like the way people are complaining today. That why wouldn't they sit in their church and have a normal service? Why are they going out to look for sinners? You are a Pharisee if you talk like that. Because the Pharisees and the scribes, they were the ones who were complaining. This man receives sinners and eats with them. This church receives sinners and sits with them and has service with them and dance with them and make noise with them. Verse 3. So he spoke this parable to them saying, The man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. Verse 5, and when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. 6, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me for I have found my sheep which was lost. Verse 7, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven. Over one sinner who repents, there will be more joy in heaven. That's the reason why when a sinner repents, I don't know why people are just quiet. People are sitting down. It's like we are not happy that a sinner has repented. We are angry that somebody has become a Christian. It's like we, we are enjoying our Christianity and somebody has joined. And the person is just, is just coming to enjoy some of our blessing. It's an exclusive class. Christianity is not an exclusive club. It's not an exclusive club. It's for all. The blood. How big are you to be able to occupy the whole blood? Small thing like you. You want to just use the blood alone. Don't start. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. So whenever we come into the church and you see 99 people and you don't find the one, don't be too excited that wow, the chairs are full. The place is jammed. The place is packed. You are, you are not doing what God wants us to do. Immediately you see that you must start running out. 
Go and look for the souls. You must be disappointed. You must be embarrassed. You must be in tears. You must repent when you come to church and nobody gives their life to Christ. You must want to cry. You must want to go on a fast. You must go down on your knee and pray that Father bring revival. How is it possible that we'll be in a church and nobody gives their life to Christ? It is because we are not going out. If you are not going out, you'll not see souls. If you are not going out, there will be no salvation. If you are not going out, stop expecting people to give their life to Christ because the people who are sitting in church every Sunday have given their life to Christ already. They don't need repentance. He needs us to go out and bring people. That's what brings him joy. That's what brings happiness in heaven. That's what brings excitement in heaven. On Tuesday, I was preaching and I said that I am sure, Rev, that some of us, when we get to heaven, will be expecting that Father, because I have heard that when we go, they will play a videotape of our life. And um, I know that some people will be going there thinking that you know, I, I remember when I was invited to that 10,000-seater church where I preached the storm and people were falling down and people were vomiting and people were rolling. Lord, can you show me those pictures I want to see? The Lord says, I didn't see that service. Oh, many people came. That service, oh my God. I mentioned your name and this one fell down. I did this and this one and the miracles, the lame were walking, the blind were seeing, the deaf and dumb were speaking and hearing. Things were happening. Miracles said, no, no, I, I, I didn't see that service. I even, I can remind you, Lord, it was 29th of February. He said, no, I didn't see that one. Oh, but I thought that you are a God who sees everything. I see everything, but not everything. I see everything, but not everything records. I see everything, but not everything registers. I see everything, but not everything is important. Then you ask him that, so, so which of the services did you see? He said that you remember the day. That you were on the street and you saw somebody who was walking by the road and you stopped the person and you began to talk to the person about Christ. Angels, play that video. Play that video. Play that video. It was one person but you were speaking about Christ and that day somebody got born again and there was excitement in heaven. That was the message we recorded. But the day you were in church that you were preaching and people were clapping, that one we didn't record it. It's not in our archives. Then you ask God that which other ones in the archives? You remember Remember the one you were in the bus? You were in the bus going to uh, Sotium and then you got up and you preached and one or two people gave their life to Christ. Angels played that tape. That one was recorded because you were winning souls. But these other ones that you were talking about the way God has blessed you and God has given you this and God has shown you this and God has it. It was not recorded. It was not recorded. You want to go to heaven and not feel like an alien, a stranger a foreigner, that your name is not there, that your, your prints are not there, your works have not shown. Please, start doing some works. The Bible says that blessed are they who die in the Lord. From hence they will rest from their labors and their works do follow them. What works were the Bible talking about is the works of salvation, is the works of evangelism, is the works of soul winning, is the works of leaving the 99 and going for the one, is the works of not enjoying the comfort of your church but going out, is the of not enjoying the comfort of your house but going out, is the work of not enjoying the comfort of your office but going out, is the work of not enjoying the comfort of your car but stopping, rolling down your window and talking to somebody about Christ. It is that work that will follow you after you cross over. Nothing else will follow you. Nothing else will follow you. 
It is the lives that you touch for Christ that will follow you. It's the people that you brought to salvation that will follow you. It's the list of the names that you prayed for and they got saved. That's all will follow you. Not the cars that you bought. Not the people that you blessed with, with money. Not the people that you, you are in your pride. You gave them things so that they will keep serving you and worshiping you. No, those ones, they will not matter. They will not matter. It will not matter. It's time for us to change our minds. It's time for us as a church to change our mindset and begin to make the main thing the main thing. The main thing stopped being evangelist. The main thing stopped being evangelist some time ago. But we are bringing it back. The main thing is still the main thing. The reason why I died is that lives may be saved. The reason why I died is that souls may be won. The reason why I died is that I will take them to heaven, my father. I came to chase and to find them that are lost so that I will bring them home. Stop sitting down in your room and forgetting about the work that must be done. The main thing is still the main thing. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. So let me start with my questions. Question number one. Question number one. Why sit in the wilderness? Why sit in the wilderness? Why sit in the wilderness? That's my question number one. Luke 15, verse 4. Luke 15, 4. Let me show you where my question came from. It says that, What man of you having a hundred sheep if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness. What the Bible is saying in this verse is that if you are sitting with your 99 and not going out to win the one, you are sitting in the wilderness. And that's the reason why you are not seeing the hand of God. That's the reason why you are not seeing the manifestation of God. That's the reason why you are not seeing the blessing of God. That's the reason why you are not seeing a lot of things happening because you are in the wilderness. Why would you want to sit in the wilderness? The reason why I'm saying this is that after that, he said, you sit in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. Go to verse 5. Let me show you. When he was coming back, he says that, and when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Verse 6. And when he comes home, he was leaving the wilderness. But with the souls, the Bible says, when he comes home, so the same place was a wilderness at first when there were no souls. And then when I was bringing the soul, now it is addressed as home. And so I said, God, what do you mean? He said that when there are no souls, I am not very present. I am not very present. So it's a wilderness situation. You will struggle to see breakthroughs. That's why we struggle to see breakthroughs. You will get a breakthrough, but you struggle. You get open heavens, but you struggle. You get a lot of things to happen, but you struggle because it's a wilderness situation. And this one is saying that after you have gone out and you bring in the souls, you bring them home because I turn the place into a home. You're house must change from a wilderness to a home. Why are you still sitting in a wilderness? The only way you can change your office from a wilderness to a home is to bring in souls. The only way you can change your church from the wilderness to a home is to bring in souls. The only way you can change your house from a wilderness to a home, your, your husband is fighting. Your wife is fighting. Things are not going well. It's a wilderness situation. When you start winning souls, God has a way of changing the wilderness situation and he begins to call it home because now you have brought souls. Are you here, somebody? Why sit in the wilderness? Why continue to operate in the wilderness? 
Why? He says you have to leave them in the wilderness. Leave the 99 in the wilderness. Leave the 99. Also, if we don't start going out, we will operate in this wilderness for too long and we will struggle for too long. Our prayers will be delayed. Our marriages will be delayed. Our blessings will be delayed. Our childbirth will be delayed. Everything we are looking for will be delayed because you have not made God happy first. If only you can go out and bring the souls. He says there will be excitement in heaven. There's joy in heaven. There's a party in heaven. And when heaven rejoices, the earth gets affected. When heaven rejoices, the church gets affected. When heaven rejoices, your home gets affected. When heaven rejoices, your office gets affected. I came to speak to somebody that try and put a smile on the face of God so that you too, you begin to smile. Why stay in the wilderness? Why stay in the wilderness? Why stay in the wilderness when he says that if you go out and you win the soul, you bring the soul home and there's joy, there's joy, there's rejoicing in the home. So this one is a wilderness situation. It's dry, it's struggle, it's delays, it's delays, it's denials, it's wahala. It's just not seeing the things that you want to see. You pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Why do you think that Jesus Christ, one prayer, boom, answer. One prayer, boom, answer. Jesus never prayed one prayer twice apart from when he was going to the cross. That he prayed. Let it go. Then he'll come and go and pray again. Three times he was praying that, forget it. Lord, release me of this one. Release me of this one. Release me of this one. You, one prayer, you prayed hundred times. And you say, I'm following Jesus. One prayer, you pray, you are bombarded, no, sir, nothing is happening. It's a wilderness environment that you are praying. It's a wilderness environment when you are praying. When you are praying in the wilderness, eh, it is difficult. Nothing is going anywhere. But when it turns into a home where his presence is there, when he's with you, when there's fruitfulness and there's flourishing, you don't have to shout before the things happen. And so Jesus didn't have to shout for things to happen. He didn't have to struggle for things to happen because he came for souls. And he was working on souls. When you stop working on saved people and start looking for souls, you will stop working in the wilderness. Why sit in the wilderness? If we can sit in the home, why do you operate in the wilderness? If God can change that wilderness situation to a home, why do we stay in the wilderness? And I'm not saying it's a wilderness. It's the Bible that said it. It's the Bible that said it. It says that you leave the 99 in the wilderness and go and look for the one. And when you find the one, you put that one on your shoulder. You come home rejoicing. You come home. The same place. The same place you left that was called wilderness. Now you are bringing souls and they are called home. It's home. Why is it the wilderness? If you don't go out, you sit in a wilderness situation. You want to change your life from wilderness to home, leave the 99, go after the one. You want to change your office from wilderness to home, where business is working, where things are working, leave the 99 and go out and look for the one. You want to change your marriage from wilderness to home, go, leave the 99, start becoming an evangelist, start, start becoming an evangelist. You have sat down for too long, rise up and go and look for somebody. Go and talk to somebody. Even somebody who has left the church, even somebody who has backslidden, even somebody who has turned his back on the kingdom, go and look for the person and talk to the person about Christ. Tell them that you have to come back. I am in the wilderness. If you don't come back, you will not turn my, my wilderness into a home. Now, I don't want you to think that you are doing the person a favor. The person you are you looking for is doing you a favor. We are looking for souls because we have to turn this wilderness into a home. 
We have to turn this wilderness into a home. You can only turn your wilderness into a home in this, in this passage when you are carrying souls. You are carrying, you are carrying the lost sheep on your shoulder and you are coming. He says when you are bringing them home and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me for I found my sheep which was lost. How come you bring souls into the church and it's a home and then you don't want to rejoice? That's why first service I said shame unto the people. Seven people have given their life to Christ and they are sitting down like they are in a cemetery, they are in a mortuary. said, you people, you are, not, you are not of God. If only you were spiritual enough, you would see that heaven is rejoicing and by now you will be shouting. But I saw that these people, they were not of God. I had to, I had to fire them before they, they woke up. Evangelism is what transforms the wilderness situation, the dryness, the hustle and the barrenness in the church to a home where there's fruitfulness, joy, excitement, overflow, evangelism. Evangelism. Go and look for the one. Go and look for the one. If there's a chair by you that has no body, that is your chair that you must fill. If there's a chair behind you that has no soul, it's a chair that you must fill. If there's a chair in front of you that has no body, it's a chair that you must fill. It is your job. It is your job. It is your job. You are called just as I am. You are called just as I am. If you want to turn that your wilderness situation into a home situation, where there's fruitfulness, go ahead and evangelize. Because apart from prayer, what draws God's attention to a church is souls. You want God's attention to be drawn to you? Look for the souls. 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 Go back to um, verse 1 for me. Number 2. Number 2. Question number 2. Then all the task collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. Question number 2. Where are your task collectors? Where are your tax collectors? Number 1. Why sit in the wilderness? Number 2. Where are your tax collectors? All the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear, to hear what he has to say. Rohi Church, where are your tax collectors? Where are your tax? You are so holy, so righteous, so correct that you don't have tax collectors around you. But the Son of God Himself had tax collectors chasing him and walking around him. We have become so pompously, proudly pious that oh, this one, this one is not, it's not, it's not my class. It's not my type. These ones cannot come. You know, these people, when you see, when people see me even walking with them, they will judge me. Jesus was judged. Why, why don't you want to be judged? Jesus was judged. Why don't you want to be judged? Where are your tax collectors? Osofu, where are your tax collectors? Where are your tax collectors? Which tax collectors are in your life? You don't have any tax collector. You don't have any sin. You say you are a doctor. You don't know anybody who is sick. You say you are operating a hospital and you don't have sick people. You can't call the facility a hospital when all the people there and all the people you are dealing with are fully correct, sane, all right, strong. It's not called a hospital. Maybe it's a school. So we look at the church and we're asking, where are the tax collectors? Where are the sick people? Where are the people who need Christ? Where are the people who need you? Where are the people who need the blood? Where are the people? You go to churches and you can't even find the people who need to be born again because everybody is struggling to look like they must. They must. Where are the tax collectors? Jesus' ministry had tax collectors and the Pharisees were fighting with him. Where are the tax collectors? All the tax collectors and the sinners. Where are the sinners? Where are the sinners? Today we are so holy we don't have sinners around us. We can't deal with any sinner. When somebody makes a mistake, no, we cut the person off. You are a sinner, you can't be with me. You are a sinner, you are a sinner. You are, hey, you have the mouth to even say that you are a sinner. And you are not a sinner. It's just by grace. It's just by grace. It's just by grace. So humble yourself and accommodate the so-called sinner. 
and the tax collector because all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him. He didn't even call them. They drew near to him. There was something about him that could attract them. There's something about a man of God that must attract sinners. There's something about a doctor that attracts sick people. How come you are a man of God? You carry the word of God. You carry salvation message. You carry the blood. You carry the answers. And sinners are not attracted to you. The only people attracted to you are people who don't need help. The people who don't need help. The only people you attract are the people who must help you. When will you attract people that you must help? When will you attract people that need salvation? When will you attract people that need salvation? That need prayer? They need deliverance. They need God. They need the word of God. They need the blood to wash them. Man of God, this is the time for us to rise up and start drawing people. He says that all the tax collectors and sinners, they drew near to him to hear him. Who is drawing near to hear you? Which people are drawing near to hear you? Rohi Church, which people are we attracting? Are we attracting the rich? Are we attracting those who don't need help? Are we attracting the people who are already made? Or we are looking for sinners? We are drawing sinners. We are drawing people who need help. You call yourself a hospital, you must have sick people. You must have sick people. Which doctor is always running away from sick people? Which nurse is always running away from sick people? Which doctor sees sick people and says, mm, we are too much. He cannot be a, a, a person that I must treat. How do you even justify your calling? How do you justify your calling? And you are too sick. You are too sick, so you can't come here. Or you are born for too much. Or you are born too much, so he cannot come here. It's like a doctor saying, this guy is too sick. He's too sick. As Christians imitating our master, there's one thing that's lost in our imitation, and that's the tax collectors. Tax collectors. Tax collectors. Sinners. Jesus consistently had sinners in his camp. Consistently. Consistently he had sinners in his camp. Consistently, there was, no, there was no time he didn't have a sinner around him. Every time, when he, he's looking for sinners. Looking for sinners. Jesus, looking for sinners. Pastor, looking for rich people. Look, in our church, it must become a taboo that a Sunday comes and we don't have new people and new converts. It must become a taboo. The day it happens, we must not close. We must sit here, kneel down, pray, ask God for forgiveness. Ask God that we have embarrassed ourselves. Cry that God turn our church into a revival center so that souls will be won, souls will be attracted, lives will be saved in this place. We are not here to make people become shepherd, become nice, become popular. Become, we are here to turn many unto salvation. That is our calling. That is our assignment. In doing that, if they get blessed, fine. In doing that, if they come great, fine. In doing that, if they become men and women of God, fine. But the main agenda is to connect them to the cross. Connect them to the cross. Connect them to the cross. Start attracting the tax collectors. You begin to see the glory of God. Start attracting tax collectors. You begin to see the glory of God. Can I give you a third question and then I'll close. Question number three. Why are we not celebrating? Why are we not celebrating? Why are we not celebrating? You are not celebrating because you are not winning souls. Your true celebration as a church starts or comes from turning souls to Christ. The true celebration. He says when, give me verse five. Verse five. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing, celebrating, rejoicing, being happy, being excited. Why are we not celebrating? Because we are not carrying souls on our shoulders. Why are we not celebrating? We are not carrying souls. We are not carrying souls. 
We are not carrying souls. There are no souls, so we can't celebrate. The only thing we celebrate now, childbirth. He celebrate. No. The world celebrates childbirth. The church is celebrating childbirth. What's the difference? The world cel- you hear people giving testimony. I got a new job. I got a boyfriend. I got this. It's like, it's like some, these days the testimonies has become like a friend who has met his friend at the beer bar telling him his exploits. The same thing. Uh, I got a new job. People are sleeping around and getting new jobs. So if you pray and get a new job, it's nothing. If you're, not, that you're, not that getting a new job is a bad testimony. Give that testimony. Give that testimony. You got a job, give it. You got a car, give it. You got, but don't make it just there. Look for other testimonies. I went out. I spoke to somebody. He gave his life to Christ. I laid hands on him. He became, you know what I'm saying? That is what we are, that is the testimony we are And then you come back rejoicing. You come back Anybody who has one soul before will understand what I'm talking about. You get excited. You become so happy. Your life, you just, you, something just happens to you. It's like, wow, I've given birth to a new child in the spirit. Why are we not celebrating? Why are you depressed? Christian brother, why are you depressed? Because you are not doing anything for souls. So you will definitely be depressed. Anytime you see that you are depressed, go out and start winning souls. Anytime you see that you are not happy, go out and win souls. It will bring you rejoicing, excitement, celebration. Why are we not celebrating? After you have lost the one, after you have found the lost one, you begin to celebrate. A church that wins souls is an exciting church. A church that wins souls is a vibrant church. A church that wins souls is a happy church. A church that wins souls is a living church. A church that wins souls is an exciting church. A church that wins souls is a celebrating church. A church that wins souls is a dynamic church. A church that wins souls is a friendly church. You want the church to be exciting, start winning souls. It says that the guy came back rejoicing. Rejoicing. You want to see excitement in your church? Win souls. You want to see happiness in the church? Win souls. You want to see rejoicing in the church? Win souls. Go to verse 6 for me. The rejoicing continues. And when he comes, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me. Rejoice with me. Rejoice with me. I'm excited. I'm celebrating. Rejoice with me. You want to see celebration in your church? Hey! Go out and win souls. Go out and win souls. Go and look for souls. Go and look for souls. When you start winning souls, you will start getting excitement. When you start seeing people give their life to Christ, your life will begin to change. Your life will turn around. Your life will turn around. Your life will turn around. May God give us the grace. May God give us the strength. May God give us the wisdom. May God help us to be able to do the thing that we have talked about in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet and let us close. Thank you for listening to Pastor Emmanuel Methel. We hope you were blessed by the message. Worship with us at the Rohi Church in Community 22, Tema. Every Sunday from 7.30 to 9.30 for the tree service and 10.30 to 12.30 for the English service. We have Bible studies from 9.45 to 10.30 a.m. Tuesday empowerment service is from 6.30 to 8 o'clock p.m. Download the Rohi Church app on Google Play and App Store for more life-transforming messages. Follow Pastor Emmanuel Methel and the Rohi Church on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Call us on 0204-336-002 for counseling and inquiry. Rohi Church, loving God, making disciples, and evading globally. God bless you. 
This message is brought to you by Hot Jobs Africa Limited, Ghana's number one HR firm. Looking for quality staff? Looking for a job? Contact us on 0204-336-009. Think HR, think Hot Jobs Africa.